In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I welcome you to the First Baptist Church of Oregon City Worship Podcast. Out of a desire to love our neighbor well and to care for the most vulnerable among us and protect people from the spread of this awful virus that is ravaging our state, our nation, and our world, we have suspended in-person worship services for now and instead are worshiping via podcast. But even as we, we worship from our, our homes or from wherever we happen to be, we know that the seasons are changing. And, and it seems like, at least in Oregon, it has kind of happened all at once. That one minute it was, uh, it was warm and, and sunny outside, and the next minute it's been uh, a little bit cooler and the, the trees have changed. Uh, or are starting to change. But it's in times like these that we remember that while seasons change, while things on earth change, the love of God for us never changes. The Lord's mercies are new every morning, but they're all the same. That God's great love holds us together no matter what we're going through. And so even in these strange days that we are living in, God's love still holds us firm, and it's my prayer this morning that as we worship, as we sing, as we pray, as we proclaim God's word, as we read scripture, that you would be able to, to know in your heart, in your, in your very bones, the great love that God has for you. One thing to draw your attention to this week in the life of our church we have a Zoom coffee hour every Sunday morning at 11.30, but this Sunday morning is going to be particularly special. Uh, if you are listening this morning, October 25th, 2020, uh, before 11.30 a.m. and would like a link to the Zoom coffee hour, please email us at baptist.church at comcast.net because at noon Pacific time today, October 25th, 2020, we are going to be welcoming the Reverend Dr. J.D. Reed, an American Baptist missionary in Bolivia, uh, into our Zoom coffee hour. Now, J.D. happens to be uh, stateside, as they say, uh, for uh, a year where he goes and, and thanks supporting churches and, and things like that. Um, but he, he will be joining us, just not from Bolivia, um, but he will be telling us what's going on in his ministry in Bolivia and how things are uh, and what God is doing there, what exciting things God is doing. So again, uh, if you are listening before 11.30 a.m. Pacific time, the 25th of October, 2020, uh, make sure you send us an email, uh, and we'd be happy to send you the Zoom link so that you can join our conversation at noon with J.D. Reed. We hope and pray that you're doing well. And if there's a way that you're not doing well, if you have a need, whether it's uh, physical for the, the things of life, whether it's spiritual or, uh, or you're struggling with anxiety or grief or, uh, or anger, and you need somebody to talk to, please don't hesitate to call or email the church. All of our contact information can be found on our website at onebaptistchurch.org. And now may we worship together 
in spirit and in truth. Hear the word of the Lord. One of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well. So he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. The teacher of these religious law replied, I know it is important to love him with all my heart and all my understanding and all my strength and to love my neighbor as myself. This is more important than to offer all the burnt offerings and sacrifices required by the law. Realizing how much the man understood, Jesus said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. You must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. I have tried hard to find you, don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Tie them to your hands. Wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. In the future, your children will ask you, what is the meaning of these laws, decrees, and regulations that the Lord our God has commanded us to obey? Then you must tell them, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a strong hand. The Lord did miraculous signs and wonders before our eyes dealing terrifying blows against Egypt and Pharaoh and all his people. He brought us out of Egypt so he could give us this land he had sworn to give our ancestors. And the Lord our God commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear him so he can continue to bless us and preserve our lives as he has done to this day. For we will be counted as righteous when we obey all the commands the Lord our God has given us. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is, the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully 
Look forward to sharing God's glory. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear Father, we bow before you and acknowledge that you are creator of the universe. We know that you have control over all. Today we face many trials in our lives. Some of those trials are sickness, being in pain, financial struggles, fractured relationships, our loneliness from being quarantined from COVID-19. Our young church youth are experiencing difficulties with online teaching in school. Many in our neighborhoods are experiencing difficulties because of what is happening in the areas in which they live. As I lift these prayer requests to you, Lord, I am reminded that you have much to say in your word about facing trials. You remind us over and over in your word that you are always with us. You tell us not to fear and you draw us close into your presence. You're the only place we can find refuge in the storms that surround us right now, Lord. You're the only place we can find peace and strength. So we ask you for your words of truth and power to strengthen us in our inner being and bring life to our hearts. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you that you know the circumstances we are in and you have a plan. We look to you today as our Lord and Savior. It's your face we seek. Therefore, we can claim as the psalmist declares in Psalms 46, one and two, this promise. God is our refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Lord, I lift up the missionaries that our church supports. I lift up their prayer requests to you. It is difficult at times to make ends meet, and this is where we, as a church, can help them with our financial support and our prayers. I pray for protection for those who are sharing the gospel with those who are seeking a way to have peace in their lives. We praise you, God, for you go before us and cover us from behind. You walk beside us and make our footsteps firm. You are our protector and defense. We never have to fear that we're alone. Thank you for your powerful presence surrounding us. We renew our focus on you this day and thank you in advance for all that you do. Let the words of Isaiah 55:12 b resonate in our hearts. For the Lord will go before you. The Lord of the God of Israel will be your rear God. Or in other words, you have our back when we put our faith and trust in you. Be with our pastor today as he proclaims the words of God to us. And that's always may those who hear the podcast be blessed by it. We love you. We need you. We choose to look to you today and every day. 
In Jesus' name, amen. God. 
Last week I said that we were going to be wrapping up Romans chapter 8, but I wanted to come back for just one kind of final point, something that I wanted to draw out of, of Romans chapter 8 before we, we moved on. And so today we're going to revisit Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 11. And I love the complexity of God's word. Uh, even though it, it's frustrating at times. Um, but the complexity of God's word draws us in um, and shows us its riches over and over again through the power of the Holy Spirit. So here is Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 11, and I will be reading from the New Living Translation. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile towards God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. And Christ lives within you, so even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, and just as God raised Christ from the dead, just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Psalm 139:14 tells us, "Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex." And other translations might say, uh, I praise you that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And while those things are true, we are wonderfully complex and we are fearfully and wonderfully made, sometimes it is just right frustrating. Because humans are tremendously complex creatures, and the I think uh, even though I, at the, the age of 36, am the junior of lots of people in our church body, um, I think I can safely say from what I have seen that the older you get, the more uh, complex you discover that your body is uh, as the maintenance that you have to do on your body uh, becomes less routine and more concentrated. But God created us to be complex beings. The, the human eye is such a an intricate and complex thing that, that scientists to this day marvel at the complexities of. And we were created by God, by a good God who created intentionally. And God didn't just create humanity, he blessed humanity by giving us his image to bear. We are the representation of God that walks through our world. And we are these complex beings that go walking through our world 
not just as physical beings, but also as spiritual beings. Now, here is where we, we, we have to be very careful not to stray into the path of one of the old foes of Christianity, maybe one of the very first enemies of the ways of Jesus, and that's called Gnosticism. Gnosticism is the idea that the spirit is good, but the flesh is evil, that the, the spirit that lives inside of us, we might call it our soul, we might call it our, our spirit, we might call it our mind, whatever we want to call it, that this is good and that our bodies, the physical parts of us, are evil. And I think there, there's a very natural way that, that people can look at this, and, and to some degree I can't entirely fault people for thinking that this is the case. Because we know so many people that even though their bodies have fallen apart, their mind and their soul has stayed sharp, and we know so many evil things that happen in our bodies, uh, that people do with their bodies, that people impose on other people's bodies, that, that we can start to think that the things that are material are bad. This is not what Scripture attests to, however, because we are wonderfully complex. We are made in the image of God as human beings, and God made us, placed his image within humanity, gave us the responsibility of being stewards over creation. This is all in Genesis chapter 1, right at the very beginning of the book, straight from the get-go. And having created humanity blessing us with his image, giving us stewardship over creation, then he said, all of this is very good. So we have to understand that we as human beings are good, but we're broken. Because two chapters later, we see rebellion enter into the world. We see sin come into the world through Adam and Eve, and it shatters this image of God. It's still there, it's just broken. And without going off on a complete other tangent, it's important to note for, for what's coming next that we have to look at sin in two different ways. We have to look at sin in the terms of capital S sin and in lower case S sin. Capital S sin is the sin, the brokenness, the darkness that encompasses all of the world. It is the result of our rebellion. It is the evil that continues to, to be perpetrated in our world, that continues to break the image of God, that continues to seek to destroy that which God created. That's capital S sin. And it's important because lowercase s sin, which are the little sins that we participate in, willingly or unwillingly, every day, feed into this capital S sin. We are born into a world that is currently in rebellion against the lordship of Christ, and we do things that feed into this rebellion 
by breaking the image of God in the world and destroying God's creation. That's important because what I want to talk about today, having established that humanity is good, made in God's image, but broken, and that we live under the lordship of Christ, yes, but in a world that is still in rebellion against the ways of God, in rebellion against the lordship of Christ, sometimes as we are breaking the image of God in the world, we break the image of God within ourselves. We can be our own worst enemy. And to that end, I want to talk about a struggle that, that God's people, the church, sometimes shy away from, and that is the struggle of mental health. Mental health gets talked about a lot. It's, it's been increasingly talked about more and more. Um, and and it, realistically, followers of Jesus should be people who are interested in talking about and caring for our own mental health and the mental health of our brothers and sisters in Christ. And I think sometimes we shy away from it because mental health... Um, seems like it might be something that the secular world uh, embraced quicker than, than the followers of Jesus did. And I remember growing up and the word shrink, or, you know, I, so-and-so had to go see a shrink, uh, or they had to go get their head straight. That was seen in a, a pejorative way. That was seen in a negative sense. And I remember... Uh, being very upset about something when I was in elementary school and my teacher sent for the school guidance counselor and I, I had to go to the school guidance counselor's office. And the first half hour I spent with the guidance counselor was me convincing him, oh yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine, I don't need to be here, I'm not, I'm not crazy, I'm, I don't need to be in the guidance counselor's office because that was the view of mental health that had been that I had picked up as a child was that only if you're like out licking parking meters or something do you need to go see a therapist. But yet, if we take this view of Gnosticism, it leads us to that sort of view of mental health that our, our bodies are evil, but our spirits are good, and so we don't need to pay attention to our minds or our spirits because they're good, they're going to be okay. You know, if you, you know, we've got to fix up our bodies. But if we take the view of God's good, complex, yet broken creation, then as much time and attention we spend to patching up our bodies and making sure that our bodies are running and working okay and that we're feeding them the right foods and that we're giving them the right amount of, of movement and exercise and that we're, we're taking care of you know, brushing our teeth and flossing, which we all say that we do, but none of us actually do that well, and, and all of the things that we do to care for ourselves physically we should be putting that much 
effort into caring for our minds as well. Because what we forget is a lot of the time we're living in our minds. We are bodies that move, but we're controlled by our mind. And when our minds are sick, when our minds are not working the way that they should, we can tell ourselves all sorts of lies about ourselves spiritually. We can tell ourselves that God's love for other people is greater than God's love for us. We can tell ourselves that we're not worthy of God's love. We can say that, or on the flip side, we can say that we're more worthy of God's love than other people for these reasons. And that can all be linked to the fact that we are subject to brokenness, that we are subject to capital S sin in the world, and that we need to turn this over to Jesus. Mental unwellness can include anxiety, depression, worry, fear, rage, rapid changing of your your temper or your mood. And all of these things go back to who we are in Christ. Because caring for our mental health should be something that we do as followers of Jesus. God doesn't just care about our souls or our spirits, so to speak, God cares about our minds. As we heard in the creative scripture reading, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind and all of your strength. That encompasses, that that formulation of words encompasses the entire being. It's inescapable. It talks about our physical bodies, yes. It also talks about our inner life as well. And God cares for this. This passage that we read in Romans talks about the struggle between the sinful nature and the life of the Spirit. And in the struggle between our sinful nature and the life of the Spirit, we see that God cares about our whole bodies. Because ultimately, the passage that we read this morning ends with And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. God wants to bring life to us now and have his spirit be the the wind in our sails, the, uh, the, the air that we breathe, as much as he is going to raise us from the dead at some point, or animate us with his and and transform our bodies to be like Jesus uh, if we are alive when Christ returns to earth. And so our whole bodies, and not just our physical beings, are in the care and concern of God. Our mental health is within the care and concern of God for us. Our mental health is about making sure that we're not damaging the image of God within ourselves. And when Paul talks about 
the sinful nature versus the life of the Spirit, when we hear that language of sinful nature, we can oftentimes be, be thinking about the things that are sinful that we do or think about. We can, we can think about greed and jealousy and lust and rage and, and wrathfulness or laziness. And, and we can think about those things and think about the, the actions that emerge from those things and think about that being our sinful nature. But what we don't, the way we don't often think about sinful nature is that this darkness that, that swirls through our, our world that lives in rebellion of Christ can live within our minds and take us away from a healthy view of ourselves in the way that Christ views us, in the way that God views us. And that causes us to break the image of God in ourselves as much as we can break the image of God in somebody else. It's very tempting to turn the sinful nature just into actions because I think the sinful nature wants us to focus to some degree on just actions and not the attitude behind the actions. And if, we're, if we sense that we're unloved, if we're telling ourselves a narrative that we're unloved, or if we're telling our, ourselves a narrative that we're worthy of more love than we're getting, and that we need to go out and get that love for ourselves, it's going to change the way that we behave. And that's all a result of mental unwellness. If we tended to our mental health as followers of Jesus, we could see more clearly the attitudes that animate our actions. And whether it's that sinful nature or whether it's the Spirit of God. And we can see more clearly where Christ is present and we're listening to the voice of Christ or where we're listening to the voice of the accuser. Because the work we do in mental wellness clears paths for Jesus to bring healing. I, I worked, when Katie and I first got married, I worked part-time at an office supply store uh, as a means to support our, our family and, and to support my ministry. And regularly, we would have clearance sales. And we would have things that either we weren't going to be carrying anymore or that, that didn't sell very well and you would mark it down, and you would put it in a section of the store. And one or two times a year, we would get so much of this stuff that we would have to put it not in the, the back end caps of the store, but out where everybody walked through and said, you know, here's, here's all this extra stuff that we have. You know, it's marked down cheap. Go ahead and buy it. <laughs> and in the same way... When we, like a store has clearance for the things that they're not carrying anymore so that they can bring in new and, and better and different things, 
mental, paying attention to our mental health and doing things like talking to a friend about what we're experiencing or talking to your pastor about what you're experiencing or another spiritually mature person about what you're going through or talking to your therapist can help us to clear out some of that junk that is standing between us and God and standing between us and the healing that Jesus wants to bring into us. Because we see very clearly from this passage in Romans chapter 8 that letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. It's right there in verse 6. But sometimes before we can get to that life and peace, we have to clear out the things that are standing in the way. And a good therapist can do that. I have been in some form of therapy, mental health therapy. Um, Katie and I have been through marriage counseling since almost the beginning of our marriage. And I have gone individually to therapy since 2018. And when I'm doing the work with my therapist to see the lies that I'm telling myself, what I can then go and do after my therapy session is take those things to the Lord in prayer and say, all right, Jesus, here's where I've discerned that there is a bunch of junk standing in my way of being able to hear from you Help me to listen to you better, knowing that these patterns in my life have created static and that I can deal with that. When we clear out the static, when we clear out the junk, whatever, whatever simile or metaphor you like to use for it, when we clear that out, we can see Jesus more clearly. Jesus works through our, our therapists or through our friends or through the people who speak truth into our life. Our therapists aren't Jesus. Our friends aren't Jesus. And the minute we try to make them into that role, well, we've created an idol and now we've got even bigger problems. But when we realize that mental health whether it's for anxiety or rage or for depression or worry or anger or even bigger problems where we've been through some traumatic events in our lives and they have left dark marks on our inner life. When, when mental health professionals can help us with those things and help us work through those things, they're doing the Lord's work of, of bringing newness into our lives. And isn't that the gospel? That God is renewing the world through Jesus Christ. And God is renewing us through Jesus Christ. Realizing that we need to pay attention to our mental health is something that can bring new life into our bodies, into our, our world, as followers of Jesus. 
Because Jesus made it clear. John 10.10 says, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And when we're suffering physically, we're not living abundant life, and so we go to the doctor. But why then, if Jesus has called us to an abundant life, would we continue to suffer with mental health? If you're listening to my words this morning and the Lord has stirred something in you to do something more about your mental health and you don't know where to start because it's, it's not your fault, we just don't always do a good job as God's people of talking about this sort of thing, don't be afraid to reach out whether to your church family or to uh, your brothers and sisters in Christ within your church family or to me, your pastor, don't be afraid to reach out because Christ wants you to have life more abundant. And I do too.
Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Almighty and everlasting God, in Christ you have revealed your glory among the nations. Preserve the works of your mercy that your church throughout the world may persevere with steadfast faith in confession of your name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. We thank you for joining us in worship today, and we pray that the Spirit of the living God has been present and recognizable with you, because we know God is always with us, that God is always near us. But sometimes there are those moments that we have a better sense of it than others, isn't there? And we hope that this morning is one of those moments. We hope that as we have worship together, that we have grown together as a body of Christ. We pray that as your week goes on, that as, as your days change like the seasons do, um, that you would be remembering the love that God has for you. Also remember that next week is Daylight Savings Time and that you need to set your clocks back an hour. Uh, otherwise, uh, your clocks will be wrong. <laughs> so make sure that you take care of that. I'd like to thank Melissa Mellinger, our Director of Worship and Youth, for leading us in music this morning. I'd like to thank Jim Leatherman, our church moderator, for leading us in prayer. I'd like to thank Jeannie Vance for her prelude. The song was called I Exalt Thee. And I'd like to thank Katie Witham for leading the First Baptist readers in our creative scripture reading this morning. And I'd like to thank Gary and Doreen Hunley, our audio engineers, for making everything sound good. And remember, love God, love your neighbor, wear your mask, and wash your hands.